there and can make it back. Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, 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 welcome back to another episode of your favorite travel podcast, Travel and Shit, where I, your host, and a little bit of a co host today. <laughs> she is struggling. Um, my cute little puppy, Binksy, she got a haircut. It was like last week, a week or two ago, where we um, discuss uh, travel and the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. I just wanted Binksy to come on and say hi because y'all haven't seen uh, your little, your little uh, furry niece in a while. And now her, uh, her daddy about to take her out. All right. Oh, oh cute. Appreciate you, co-host. Thank you. <laughs> so you get to see the pup. If you're watching on the YouTubes. Um move my water cup out of the frame there welcome back y'all i am happy to be here and happy to have you here i am going to start off by saying it's hoodie season i'm actually a summer girl so i ain't even gonna hold you and say this is like my favorite season or no shit like that i do enjoy a good hoodie though and we are at that time of year i will be re-updating the shop with uh new hoodies so stay tuned shout out to those of y'all that have the classic original tns logo hoodie don't think we're bringing those back um so you have now a limited edition piece appreciate y'all and you know who you are i'm gonna jump into it this week's conversation is about accommodations so Quiet as it's kept, I won't even say quiet as it's kept because I've been talking to y'all about the shit. Um, but we've gone on a quite a few trips this year and happy about it, pleased. Uh, this next and very, very, very likely to be last trip of the year is actually going to be a road trip. Sidebar, it's pouring. Outside, I don't know if you guys hear that in the background, but if you do hear some kind of um, steady weirdness going on in the back, it's raining. But um, we're going on what will probably be our last trip of the year. We're going on a road trip to celebrate the union of my college roommate, Mary, and her soon-to-be husband, Justin. Uh, so very excited to see her and her family and, um, hopefully some mutual friends, but very excited also to meet the, the new boo and, um, Hey Mary, congratulations on your wedding girl. See you next week. But, uh, we're going on a road trip because it just made more sense. The flights were wild cheap round trip. The two of us could have gotten there. I want to say probably for less than $400. I also have jet blue credits and he's got delta credits so we could have gone there almost for free right however after spending almost a thousand dollars and by almost a thousand dollars i spent nine hundred dollars at that counter uh in dallas for the rental there was no way i was doing that the fuck again i didn't want to spend another plane ticket round trip uh just on a rental car and everything is ridiculously far from the airport in north carolina so it just made more sense to drive and we will be, you know, making a couple stops along the way, just visiting, uh, different States that I haven't visited in a while. Well, not in a while, but ever. So I've never been to Ohio. That's one of our stops. And I have never been to Pittsburgh, but I've been to Pennsylvania plenty of times. Um, notably our, I won't say our last road trip, but one of our road trips that we took uh, this year was to Philly and it was a great fucking trip. But we'll be in Pittsburgh also and I've never been there. I'm excited about that because it's supposed to be a foodie town and boyfriend is very much so a foodie. I wouldn't consider or classify myself as a foodie because I don't necessarily know much about the foods that I eat. I'm just willing to try new shit. And he, on the other hand, has a list of global destinations uh, based on restaurants. Like he's got a list of places around the world that he wants to eat at because he actually knows what he's talking about when he talks about foods and shit. I live a great life. He's an incredible cook as well. Doesn't just consume the foods. Um, 
that being said, we will be, um, I was going to say onboarding, but that's not the correct word. We will be undertaking, I guess, a road trip. And I am quite excited, except for the driving part. I hate driving. We both have licenses. We're both drivers. I just don't enjoy it. He just, he doesn't mind it. Uh, but it's coming up and whether it be a road trip or a flight, what always brings me the most stress are accommodations. I haven't even booked, uh, all of our Airbnbs slash hotels for the trip. And we're leaving in like four days, not even four days. What is today? I'm recording this on a Tuesday. We leave Friday. Nor have I packed, but as long as I got my shit for the wedding, the rest of the trip is don't really care. But say all that to say accommodations, accommodations bring me the most stress. I feel like accommodations bring me that level of stress because it is one of the things that once you're there is more difficult to change. You run into more of a financial loss potentially should you change your mind when you get there. Now, if I decide that I wake up on any given day of my trip that I don't want to go on a excursion or I don't want to do an activity or something that I initially thought I would be interested in, or even that I paid for and scheduled and arranged to happen, I can pull out. I don't have to go. I can change my mind and go with um, whatever the flow of the day is. But in terms of accommodations, I am not uh, fiscally free, if you will, where I can just, you know, drop X amount of dollars on two, three days worth of a stay and then change my mind when I get there because hmm, I decided I wanted to do something in a different part of town. So it's just easier for me to stay in a different location. So for me, accommodations tend to bring the most stress. So what I've had to do as someone that travels uh, a bit and for reasons other than visiting family and friends, like when you're visiting friends and family, it's just like, okay, girl, so I'm either going to stay with you or, hey, bruh, where do you suggest? What neighborhood are you in? What neighborhood is nearby? And what are our plans? Like, am I kicking it at your place? Are we going out here and there? X, Y, Z. It's always easier when you, you know, have an idea of what's going to happen or what your plans are going to be. And being that I mentioned that, I will start with the first thing that has made accommodation selection, if you will, um, much more easier. And that would be reverse engineering my trip. So what I have found to bring me a little bit more of a definitive decision-making, um, action item, if you will, is working backwards. So if I say, for example, Dallas, right? When we stayed in Dallas, Dallas is actually a huge fucking city. You say Dallas and it's, comprised of tons of shit. It's kind of like when you say Queens, for those of you that are New Yorkers, when you say Queens, Queens has got a shit ton of different areas. All the boroughs do, but Queens is by far the largest. So if you say you're going to Queens and then someone asks you, cool story, so what part? Because, you know, Kew Gardens is 10 minutes, give or take, depending on the day and the traffic from you know, where I may be. However, if you tell me, um, Astoria, depending on the time and day, I'm not going to meet up with you because I don't want to be in that traffic to get that far. Right. So I like to figure out what it is that I want to do while I'm in an area. If I know that walkability is high on my list of priorities, then I will absolutely choose a spot that is in downtown or a spot that is nearby something that I'm doing. 
For example, I'm going to North Carolina for a wedding. The wedding happens to be in Winston-Salem. So as large as North Carolina fucking is, and as beautiful as some of the accommodations may be in Charlotte or Pinehurst or, you know, um, Aberdeen, that's not doing me any fucking favors because I've got to be in Winston-Salem. So I know that the majority of my stay is going to revolve around that activity. So it is much easier for me to choose a location because I know what my primary focus or what my primary um, reason for being in the area is. And outside of something like a wedding or a work event or like um, a family function, whether it be, you know, a reunion, a funeral, a birthday, a retirement, or just visiting family, it benefits me when I know what I am intending to do while I'm in the area. So let's say, for example, a past trip that we did was um, Hartford when we were in Connecticut. I absolutely knew that we were going to visit the Ebony Horsewomen Incorporated um, location. We were absolutely going to do horseback riding. So it made sense for us to find accommodations that were in that area and figure it out from there. Can I walk to the location or can I take an inexpensive Uber or can I drive myself there? If I know that I'm going someplace to visit a fucking vineyard or a, um, I'm doing a beer tour or something, I absolutely want to stay at a location that is either going to be walkable or a really inexpensive Uber so that I don't have to drive my drunk ass back to where I'm going or spend $70 on, you know, a hour long or depending on where you're at, 20 minute long drive really depends. We all know that Uber be wild sometimes that surcharging shit is nuts. But those are things to consider when it comes to booking an Airbnb and those types of consideration. Well, that consideration in particular has absolutely made choosing a location to stay so much easier for me. So I tend to start from, well, what the fuck am I doing when I get there? If I am just relaxing, if I know that there's really nothing that I'm beholden to, it doesn't really matter one way or another, as long as I get something decent to eat and I can, you know, have a decent, uh, view. Okay. Easy. What's the cheapest? But if I know that I'm going for something in particular, or if I know that, well, I really want to just walk around the city and get a feel for what people love about this neighborhood, then yeah, I'm going to choose an accommodation that is in the area that I want to be in, or that is reasonably inexpensive for me to get to. I learned my lesson the hard way. Many of you that have, you know, listen to the podcast in the past, know about my trip to Barcelona. So as beautiful as my view was and as nice as my accommodations were, shout out to that mini bar with like one, $2 beers. Um, it ended up being the worst fucking option because I was a 70 to $90 Uber ride away from the area of the city that I wanted to see. I stayed in La Gagria. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but I was about an hour outside of city center in Barcelona. Now, if I had a rental or if I was with a group of friends and we were splitting the cost of going to the city, or if we were splitting the, the, you know, rental fee, or if one of them had a car for some reason and they were from the area, that'd be a different story. But being an hour from where it is, I intend to spend the most amount of time ended up being too expensive for me to actually enjoy. So I learned the hard way that it pays to spend a little bit more and stay in the space that you intend to um, enjoy most of your time. I ended up spending, let's see, I went to and from the airport. So let's just round that up to uh, 90 that way. And then I ended up going to and from the city center. And that was for a bus trip that I had booked. I booked a three country, not even city, but I booked a three country day trip 
that picked us up in the city center of Barcelona. So I absolutely wasn't going to miss that. So I ended up having to take a taxi there, well, an Uber there and back. That ran me about $75 each way. So uh, 75 and 75 is what? 150 plus a 99 is 180. So that's like two, three thirty. I spent almost $350. Check my math. Don't check my math. What it is. Either way, I spent over 300 fucking dollars just in fucking Ubers where I could have spent an extra maybe $100, maybe an extra $150 just to stay at an accommodation that was in the city center and spent a hundred dollars just in buying shit that I wanted and come out with, you know, more of an experience and appreciation for what I actually went to the area for. So work backwards. What is it that you want to do when you get there? The next thing that I've used to make choosing an accommodation so much easier is writing a fucking list. For me, having measurable metrics makes something, um, much easier to gauge whether it is a success or it is not. So if I'm unable to measure something, I can't necessarily tell except for based off of emotion. And I tend to experience my emotions very intensely. So I would like to um, negate the negative ones, if you will, if possible. So the way I found to make uh, decisions in terms of accommodations much easier is knowing what I absolutely need to be happy. For me personally, high, high, high on that list is outdoor space. I know that a balcony will make something absolutely um, better or more appealing. Absolutely not. Or something will be more appealing to me if there's an outdoor space. I love a good balcony. I love a good terrace. If there is a, you know, garden area or, you know, something of the yard variety, your nigga's happy on board. Shout out to those of you that, um, responded to my stories asking you guys what, um, you know, things about an Airbnb or a hotel make or break your stay. Uh, the two names that come to mind first are Lady Carr and, oh, I see his profile picture. I see his face. Um, so I'm going to just say the third one, Tanya, watch TV. Um, James Navoy, that's who I was thinking of. Shout out to you guys. Uh, the, the names that I remember, your answers were very in line with what I liked. Y'all fucking love a good balcony as well. A balcony is absolutely um, an easy, easy sell for me. I like having my coffee outside. I like having something nice to look at. I don't exactly do cold weather destinations. So for the most part, wherever the fuck I go, I'll be able to enjoy the outside. Um, Even if I'm going someplace that is, you know, similarly temperature or like, you know, if the weather is similar to what it is now, like if it's just a fall or if it's like a little bit cooler, give me a hoodie, give me a blanket or something. I would love to go out and have my coffee in the morning and go out and have a drink at night. I love, love, love being able to watch the stars from my accommodation. I don't want to be that weirdo that's standing out on a foreign ass street, just looking up at the sky because I can see more stars out here. I'd rather do that from the privacy, the privacy, if you will, of my own, air quotes here, balcony or from, you know, private yard space so that I'm, you know, able to comfortably and safely enjoy the celestial view and not worry about, you know, what's going on around me and who's walking up to me and what's going on um, in that aspect. So I write a list of, you know, independently, uh, location independent, what is absolutely going to make me happy. And then I also, you know, tweak it here and there depending on where I'm staying. So it's kind of like, um, you know, when they say, oh, well, when you're not sure about a decision, write the pros and the cons. Like when you have a job, that you're not sure that you want to stay at, or if you're in a relationship, you're not sure you want to stay in, or if you're in a, 
any kind of fucking situation where you're not sure you want to weigh the pros and the cons, you write a fucking list, right? Take it back old school. Do the same thing. I wrote a list based on what in particular is going to, and I mentioned this, I'm pretty certain on a past episode, I mentioned just like, just the overall angst, anxiety around traveling. I, the flights, the whole airport situation. I hadn't been at airports in a while. And just, it was all just like, ah, stress. Didn't fuck with it. And what really brought me some relief was writing a fucking lift, uh, list. Tangible metrics, measurable metrics that I could um, use to gauge whether or not a certain decision on an Airbnb or not, was actually a good call? Was it going to be a good decision? That being said, I will write, is it walkable? Do I, do I know where that list is? I'll find that list and I will post that on my, um, on the website, travelingshippodcast.com. That'll be one of the travel resources. So that'll be one of the lists that you can get in the, um, solo. No, that'll just be a resource. I ain't going to make it complicated. I'm going to have the, um, accommodations list listed for you. So that being said, the, and if you need help finding something that I've mentioned is listed, reach out, send me an email dcarry at travelandshippodcast.com. It's D-C-A-R-R-I-E at travel, T-R-A-V-E-L, the letter N, S-H-I-T, podcast.com. You can always send me an email. I'm here. Internet. I got service. So running a list, the list, the list, the list, the list has absolutely come in clutch. It's made making decisions so much easier. It's down to, okay, if my list includes balcony, walkable, um, let's say late checkout is coming to mind. Let's say those are the top three things that make me feel comfortable with the decision. And it's going to change depending on where you're going. Like if you know you've got a 7 a.m. flight, a late, a late checkout isn't going to matter to you at that point. But based on your trip, do you need to be able to walk to the beach? Do you need to be able to, and that's back to what I mentioned first and the first tip, where know what it is you are going to do when you get there. Knowing what the intention of your trip is going to be will absolutely aid in making um, decisions around said trip that will help you actually get the, I don't want to say elicited, um, but it'll absolutely, the desired outcome is a lot easier to achieve when you're a little bit more certain on what it is you're trying to get out of it. So if you know you just want to fucking relax and you don't really, you know, want to do shit while you're out there, find a place that's got the most shit that'll help you relax while you're there. If you know that you want to just binge TV that's not home, if you've got a roommate that you want to get away from, whether the roommates be your kids or your spouse, if you know that you are just wanting to take a solo trip or if you just want to get a change of scenery, but you don't necessarily need to do too much outside. Still COVID out here. Make sure you find some place that's got something that's entertaining to you on site, whether it be a uh, fire stick, Netflix. Also, especially if you're doing domestic trips, if you have a fire stick at home, bring that bitch with you. Cheat code. You don't have to necessarily find an accommodation that has um, a fire stick already. You can bring your own. The only issue with that is remembering to bring that bitch back with you. You do not want to leave that behind because remember your Amazon account is attached to that. Now you can, I'm certain there's a way to deactivate, but you already spent $40, $20 on your fire stick or whatever it is. You don't want to have to get home and then order another one and set that bitch up all over again. Don't bother doing that to yourself. So if you're going to bring yours, remember to bring it back. I am so pissed because about 
maybe two years ago, I found myself cleaning up and this happens all the fucking time. And this is another reason why I hate getting rid of shit. I threw out a perfectly good Chromecast and I was just like, when the fuck do I ever use this? I haven't used it, touched it in what, seven years, 10 years. I don't know. It'd been, Oh, actually probably closer to the 10 year mark. Like I had never, I had not used it in a super long time. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll use it, throw it out. I could have brought that with me to any number of accommodations and just Chromecast or screen shared or whatever, whatever the fuck was on my phone to the television. And it could have just stayed in my travel bag or whatever so that it's not something that I need to use again. So if you're going through old electronics or if you, cause I used to have a bag of like cords and wires and shit that I didn't use, but might need in the future. If you're going through that bag, hold on to that Chromecast that you ain't using at the crib and save it for your travels. This way you can, um, you know, have that luxury of streaming shit that you've saved on your phone to the screen, to the television. But um, a list absolutely helps. Determine what it is will make a, tr- um, not just a trip, but what will make your visit actually enjoyable. Once you've established measurable metrics of things that'll make um, an accommodation a good choice or a bad choice, it becomes so much easier to go through the list of 300 plus different places that you have to stay, especially when it comes to Airbnb. Hotels is a little bit easier to sort through to me because price. Y'all all basically have the same shit. I ain't going to use the gym. I have, uh, you know, moderate interest in whether or not you got room service. But um, what else do hotels generally have? I'm not interested in your continental breakfast for the most part because give me hot food. Um, also, I'm not that big into breakfast. Like if you've got a breakfast and it's not continental. Like if I can get some scrambled eggs, if I get omelet, some pancakes, um, we're talking a whole different ballpark right here with those shits. But, you know, um, not really that overly complicated for me to choose a hotel, give or take. And I'll get into more about hotels in a second, but a list. So third tip in terms of choosing accommodations, read the fucking reviews. I, me, D. Carrie, will not book an accommodation that does not have more than at least four or five reviews. And those reviews need to be um, current. I don't want reviews from six months ago. I don't even really honestly want reviews from six weeks ago. I would prefer reviews from six days ago because those conditions are likely still the same. And if they are not, you also have the option, especially with Airbnb, with following up with the host. You can send a message to the host and ask them, hey, I saw in one of the reviews, someone mentioned that, you know, um, the bathroom was really moldy. It was from about, you know, six months ago. I haven't seen any other comments about it. And I didn't see you responding that that has been taken care of. Is that still an issue? I've got asthma or, you know, mold really skeeves me out in particular, whatever the fuck your reasoning wants to be to ask about whatever in particular you are questioning, you know, you can send your host a message. Um, also knowing what things actually matter to you, which is my next, uh, point on this list of notes that I have here for you, uh, is of absolute, absolute noteworthy consideration. So if you know that a comfortable bed, cause at this bigly age of 36 beds matter, beds matter, sleep wrong. And I don't want to wake up with, uh, I don't want to say a stiff neck cause stiff ain't the word. Sometimes if I sleep wrong or, uh, if I don't have a particularly restful sleep, my neck will be like that whole can't do a full, like someone calls your name and you do a complete 360 as opposed to just looking for the, you know, the person looking in the direction of the person. So at this stage in the game, 
a comfortable bed matters. Now, it is absolutely up to me the same way it's up to you whether or not that is going to make or break your decision. I know sometimes, I know, I want to say the last, one of the last places that we stayed, beautiful accommodations, right? But the bed was wildly uncomfortable. And I remember seeing one review that was just like, the bed was trash. Worst bed I've ever slept on. But all the other reviews were great. And also consider that one, your clean isn't everybody else's clean. Your idea of comfortable isn't everybody else's idea of comfortable. And your idea of fancy isn't everybody else's idea of fancy. So whether it be a a higher or lower ordeal, just realize, um, you know, subjective. Not all things are objective. Many things are subjective. Consider also, depending on where you're staying, depending on where you're staying, what is typically normal. For example, I am of the persuasion and then of the demographic that uses washcloths, but not every fucking country believes in washcloths. Um, So if I'm staying at an Airbnb that does not have washcloths, I don't take it fucking personal. I always bring my own because I realize that not everybody has those same practices. Um, But I always notice when an accommodation does have that little piece of, I don't know why ambiance was in my mind, but that's not an appropriate word for there. Um, There's a word, it's not accommodation. I can't think of it right now and I'm not gonna spend five minutes thinking of it. But there are certain things that, you know, are really going to determine for you individually, me individually, you and you and you individually, like everybody's, you know, wheelhouse is a little bit different. So your idea of ritzy and flashy and, you know, consider also where are you staying? Is this a developing country? Is this um, a community or an area of a country where certain luxuries are deemed more of a let me rephrase that is this an area where certain damn perks isn't the word i'm looking for is this an area where certain things are considered a luxury and not a necessity so do you want running water of course the fuck you do do you want steady flowing electricity of course the fuck you do but keep in mind that not every community in every country across this very big planet has steady electricity. So when you're reading the uh, reviews, take note of shower pressure comments, take note of if the electricity goes out, take note if you're working abroad or if you need access to Wi-Fi for any reason, whether you're checking with family, friends, kids, or anything while you're abroad, do you necessarily need a particularly decent Wi-Fi connectivity so that you can um, achieve that level of communication that you want. Um, you know, there are certain things that for us are basic needs, but we don't necessarily realize that in a lot of communities and a lot of areas, they're luxuries. They're not a normal part of life. So keep that in mind when you're booking your accommodations. You may not be best suited for an Airbnb in an area that, you know, has a difficult time providing water pressure that you are comfortable with for everybody in an apartment building, but a hotel may be constructed with that in mind. So little things like that are some things that you want to look out for in the reviews before you book an Airbnb or a hotel. I almost fucked us up and booked a hotel that had the absolute worst fucking reviews. Like the first 15 reviews were all like, y'all, we didn't even stay. We left or we got in. It was like one o'clock in the morning. So someplace else wasn't an option. And I 
hated myself for it. It was disgusting. It was gross. It was unsafe. Almost did it, but I read the reviews. And also something may be star rated, if you will, relatively low. But when you read the recent reviews, you realize, okay, well, actually this was fixed, this was fixed, or this didn't seem to be an issue at all. So read the reviews. The reviews will absolutely keep you um, abreast of what new changes have been put in effect or, you know, what still needs to be approved. I'm not approved, um, improved. And you can also always email or, you know, message the host. So reviews, uh, what was the next thing I had here? So those were like the three things that have absolutely made making accommodation choices so much easier. A list, reverse engineering, and reading the fucking reviews. Once I've knocked those three things out the way, at that point, it's just go with, it's go with fucking God. Just fucking go with the shit. At that point, it is absolutely make the best out of the trip. Go back. If necessary, you go the fuck back. If you find that you get there and there's something that you missed out on, now you have a reason to go back, but it pays, it does you such a disservice and it does you no good to sit in, you know, beat yourself up about choosing something that absolutely like checked all your boxes because you don't know everything. You don't know everything, but when you can go into a decision, knowing that the decision that you are making is going to be the best with the amount of information that you have at the time, it makes it for me, I will say for me, it makes it so much easier for me to accept whatever may come. If I get there and I realize that, damn, I'd have been better off staying here, there, or anywhere the fuck else, at this point, I know that I'm still made a good decision although it wasn't the best decision because I used all the, I used all my resources at hand. I don't, I'm not in this space. It's not like apartment hunting where you go in person and see things in, you know, in real time. That's not how it works. So you do the best with what you got work with the information at hand. But the point is using the information at hand. So Once you get there, make the best of everything. If you realize that you're further away from an attraction that is of interest to you, figure out if you can do the same thing closer or figure out if you can find a very cost-effective way to get to said um, excursion or activity that you're interested in that you didn't even know was an option. Like sometimes you get to a destination and you realize that oh my gosh, there's this uh, local community event and it is absolutely up my alley and I really want to fucking go. But if it's going to cost you, you know, $100 in an Uber round trip there and back, you have to kind of gauge, is this excursion worth whatever I'm going to pay for um, the excursion and then a hundred extra dollars in commuting uh, on the trip? Consider maybe I take a train, maybe I take a bus or maybe... My host knows someone that's going and can link me with a ride share that isn't necessarily um, an Uber, a Lyft, or, you know, some variation of whatever, um, you know, ride sharing app is available in that destination. So make the best out of what the fuck you fucking got. Like it's not everything is going to be a 100% success, success, you know, 12 out of 10, highly recommend. But you do the best with what you have once you're there. If you booked an accommodation that has a balcony because you know you love a good fucking balcony, but it turns out that all the stuff is walkable, is really nothing up to what you are, you know, accustomed to or nothing that you're interested in, then you milk the fuck out of that balcony. You decided to choose a spot that had a balcony, so use the balcony. Go out there, have your meals, do some really good, um, FaceTimes with your friends 
also to consider if it's a very different or interesting uh, climate, even if it's a very whole dull and drum regular environment. Every once in a while, I try to uh, FaceTime one or two. Well, I won't say one or two. I'll try to FaceTime somebody's baby. I try to. Fa- I know I was in Colombia for one, and I FaceTimed my goddaughter so she could see how. Columbia looked a lot like a lot of the places that we see here in the United States. The world is accessible. The world is, it doesn't have to be this huge mystery to kids. If you take the, um, I don't know why gumption was the first word that came to mind. If you take the initiative to reach out to the babies in your life, your little nieces, nephews, and your cousins and friends of you know, friends and kids, just find the babies in your life that you fucking care about, that you have the wherewithal to have a conversation with. Give them a call, give them a FaceTime when you're someplace new so that they can see how similar it is to where they live or how different and beautiful it is. This way they are, you know, not completely, you know, in the dark about what travel can absolutely bring into their lives as well. What was the next thing that I had? Make sure you look into the check-in and check-out times of whatever accommodations you choose. That can make or break your fucking stay. If you are arriving at 9 a.m., but check-in isn't till 4 the fuck p.m., what you gonna do? I have found luck many a times with reaching out to the host and asking them, is it possible to drop my bags off and then come back? Um, I understand if someone is there the day before, so you can't accommodate for, you know, an early cleaning and then no, sorry, it's not ready for me to, um, you know, enjoy, if you will, I can't jump in the bed or jump in the shower or cook something, but I can absolutely drop my bags and then go do something outside in the streets. Um, Many hotels, if you're staying at a hotel, will have a baggage check or a space or area where they will hold your bags for you either prior to check-in or after checkout for a certain amount of time so that you can, you know, give them the time they need to clean the spaces and you not have to lug around luggage and, you know, be out of their way. So check-in and check-out times. There's also nothing worse. Well, I'm certain there are plenty of things worse, but One very sad instance to be in is being absolutely hung the fuck over and having a ridiculously early checkout. Like 10 a.m. checkout, Sun American. I fucking hate early, early checkouts. Give me a smooth 12 p.m. checkout or a flexible checkout. I'm with the shits. But that's something that you want to look into before you book a space, especially if you've got a really late flight out. If you've got like a 5 p.m. flight or you've got like a 10 p.m. flight, keep in mind that ass may need to book an extra day for your accommodation so that you have some place for you and your stuff to go. Now, if you have a late flight and say you you know, can either arrange with the host to leave your bags, but be out of the way for cleaning. That's great. Or you can, you know, I know when we were in Dallas, instead of staying an extra night in the Airbnb, since we had such a late checkout, we ended up staying with boyfriend's friends while we were out there. So that saved us the headache of having to deal with you know, an early checkout being that we had a late flight. So you really want to look at little things like check in and out just so that you don't um, have any surprises or make for extra moving pieces that you don't necessarily want to deal with. So if it's also possible to um, schedule your flights around checking or check out this way, especially if you don't have shit that you want to do or anything planned or anything in the space of, you know, something to occupy said time between checkout and when your flight departs or when you at least have to get to the airport. 
make your life easier. You don't want to have to deal with like an extended seven hours between checkout and then leaving the country or leaving the city, town, state, whatever area that you're in. Um, let's see. So overall, just to wrap this up, I realized that what I dislike or what makes me gravitate to Airbnbs more, two things. One, I don't like being in one room for an extended period of time. I like space. I like a little bit of options. I, the idea of staying in a very box, 300 square foot, even a 400, I don't want to be in one room for longer than one or two nights. Hotels, some of them, uh, a, a cute little junior suite. We've had some really, really nice hotels in the past year. I know that the Philly property had a separate bedroom. We stayed at a Sonder property. We stayed at the Goodwin Hotel in Hartford, Connecticut. That was exquisite. Love that hotel. That hotel had a separate bedroom from the, uh, living space as well. So those kinds of, uh, hotels I fucks with, but for example, when we were in Burlington, mind you, we booked that last minute when we stayed in Burlington, it was just one room. It was a typical, you know, run of the mill, basic ass Hilton. And that brings me to point two that makes me gravitate more towards Airbnbs than towards hotels because hotels feel very sterile to me. They feel very generic. A Hilton is a Hilton is a Marriott is a Marriott is a Ramada is a Ramada. They're all the fucking same to me. I really love a little bit of person, a lot of bit of personality. I'm going to hold you. Give me something quirky. Give me appeal. I don't like the very nondescript art on the wall. I don't like, you know, the same humdrum. The layouts are all the same. You walk in the room, there's your bed. The bathroom is to the left or the right and a window or two. I mean, it is what it is. They they absolutely meet the function. They do what they're supposed to do. But I love a little bit of flair, a little razzle-dazzle to the uh, aesthetic, if you will. Give me a really nicely designed uh, home. Give me somebody's house. Someone cared enough to decorate it. Someone's got, you know, curtains that match an accent color in the pillows that are on the couch that matches a particular design in the rug that is now accented by um, candle holders on the, what do you call this? Maybe like a bookcase that matches, you know, a wicker chair or something. I don't fucking know. I'm, you know, rabbit hole in here. But the point is that Airbnbs have personality. If you haven't noticed, I'm a motherfucker with a lot of personality. So it follows that I like some personality in my accommodations. If I'm spending money on something, I want it to be an experience. I am an experienced girl and I want to feel as if the money that I'm spending, because I worked for said money, a full-time job that I'm absolutely not in the fuck love with, I would like for the money that I broke my neck to make to actually really not gonna hold you, bring me joy, just the thought. And for me, I get joy in staying in spaces that elicit a level of um, ambiance. Shout out to my mom. She actually replied. um, And oddly, I am a bit surprised, oddly enough. So she did it wrong on one post and did it right on another. Um, She, my mama messaged me. Hey girl, you um, messaged, you DM'd one response and then you answered the sticker that I posted in my stories on another one. So you're getting there. I see the growth. Proud of you. Um, but yes, ambiance matters. Give me a feel, give me experience. I'm if, you know, I could have stayed, I won't even say I could have stayed at a hostel because hostels generally have a fucking feel. There is ambiance to a hostel. Any of the hostels that I have stayed at have made it their business to, you know, 
add a little bit more, give something, give, giving what it's supposed to have gave, you know what I'm saying? Like it's there, give me something. And I get that in my experience from an Airbnb, not to say that there are Airbnbs that are very dry and have no personality, but the point is you get to choose the accommodations or the lodgings that fit whatever personality you're going for, whatever tone, the mood, the ambiance, the feel you're going for, you get to match that and meet that with your choice of accommodations versus if you're staying at a hotel, whether now granted, if you've got loyalty points or if you've got a special hookup or a discount or something that by all means, sis, bruh, cuz however you identify, stay where the dollar makes the most sense. Cause there's that on that. But I don't uh, have any loyalty programs that I am loyal to. I am, I wish actually if Airbnb wanted to have a loyalty program, I'd benefit immensely. Just saying, but, uh, yeah. So you definitely want to stay someplace because you're spending money on it. That speaks to your personality. And for me, as a motherfucker with quite a bit of personality, I like my space to have personality as well, especially considering this is a vacation spot. This is a, a, a place of respite. This is a place where I am going to lay my burdens down and try to pick up a new lease on energy and life and, you know, a little bit of fucking joy. So I like to book accommodations that elicit such. What was the next thing that I had on here? Oh, and last point, there are certain touches that I think you will only get with an Airbnb because Airbnbs, in my experience, in my opinion, are more inclined to also be more easily to personalize, easy to personalize. I feel like the host is more inclined to be invested in whether or not you have a good stay. When you are part of a, you know, when you're staying someplace that is a chain, when you're staying someplace that may absolutely be, you know, a small boutique or a franchise, it's kind of like, well, you're a hotel in this city. The number of guests that you have far exceeds my, you know, small desires, if it's something you do, it's something you do. If you have it, if you, you don't. Whereas an Airbnb host, in my experience, is more inclined to, you know, go out of their way or to advise or assist you in the matter of meeting certain desires or certain requests. I reflect back on. Puerto Rico, where my host was able to have her co-host help set up, well, not even help set up. He basically did the setup for me. I hired him to set up a picnic for me. Wouldn't have been able to do that with a hotel. The hotel staff is, for the most part, you know, what's the word? Not complicit, not, they're restricted to their building. It, I, I highly doubt that they would be able to, let alone available to arrange for something as personal as an anniversary picnic. Um, so in my experience, my personal experience with accommodations is that Airbnb hosts are very quick to respond when there is a, a, a problem or a concern or a question or a suggestion that I need, I can always message that host and get something back. Sometimes you call front desk and they're just like, yeah, nah, we don't do, we're not doing glasses during COVID. That was absolutely the response that I got from the hotel that we stayed at, not the Airbnb, but the hotel that we stayed at in uh, Vermont. We extended our trip. We had a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful cabin in, I wanna say we were in Johnson, Vermont, and that was perfection. Um, but in, we ended up extending that trip by a day and spent an extra night in Burlington 
and we had we bought our wine and shout out to sounds of new york city we bought our wine but i you know called the front desk asking for glasses because i didn't want to drink out of a paper cup and unfortunately during covid they weren't doing cutlery or glasses so the paper cups from the bathroom were it um okay i ain't gonna not drink my wine but you know little touches airbnbs are gonna have glasses i will also note that the airbnb in dallas that we had was super clutch because of culturally comp culturally competent touches my man had lotion and not just one option of lotion he had three different types of lotion in that bathroom okay i happen to be a traveler that packs so many different little bottles and potions and shit in my toiletry bag that sometimes i forget the basic thing of lotion Actually, I did bring it with me last time because I forgot regular lotion. I had Shayna oil, I had sunscreen, I had bug repellent, but I didn't have just regular ass lotion so that I could lotion my fucking hands or, um, you know, lotion my nose or my face should it have gotten dry after being out and about or whatever. But in by the time we got to Dallas, I remember threw it in my bag. But then my man had lotion, three options in the bathroom wipes fucking wipes in the bathroom i always bring my own wipes however it was nice to have wipes provided um extra towels extra linens you can always you know call the front desk for those things when you're at a hotel but i enjoy that uh little touches like that at an airbnb beach accoutrement having a beach chair umbrella um cooler I remember in Puerto Rico, the beach bag that they had um, available to us to use also had like four different types of sunscreens in there so that if you forgot your sunscreen for whatever reason or didn't want to go buy another thing of sunscreen, there's some sunscreen in here. What else was there? Um, What did I have here? Beach gear, extra bedding and towels. Oh, also in Dallas, he had a fresh bar of soap wrapped. I don't use dial, but it was nice that a freshly wrapped bar of dial was there. It's, I absolutely would prefer to see a freshly wrapped or a box. I only use Dove. This skin <laughs> knows and loves Dove. Um, but I don't really fuck with that whole, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, soap in a dispenser, like shower soap in a dispenser. I don't like that. I don't do that. Um, if that's your thing, by all means, do you, it's not what I do. Um, I, ooh, some, I don't even use, especially if it's like a dispenser that you refill, I'm more inclined to sample or try out a shampoo or conditioner that's in a, a pump that I know that you could have absolutely picked the fuck up from a Walgreens or a CVS or a fucking target anywhere in the fucking world. Um, but I know in OKC, they actually had new bottles of shampoo and conditioner in the uh, bathroom. Same thing with the cabin in Vermont. They had, I want to say, new bottles of shampoo and conditioner in the Airbnb. They also, I think, had a dispenser of shower gel, but it was like a new bottle and not one of those things that you put on the wall that you just pour in. I can't tell what brand it is. I can't tell what the fuck is in here. Ain't no expiration date, that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I don't do that. You shouldn't do that either, but you grow, do your thing. Uh, what else did I have on this list of things? Oh, full coffee slash tea bar. It's not full unless you have cream and sugar. I don't necessarily add anything to my tea, but to my coffee, I need a creamer. I personally prefer liquid creamer, but, um, you know, sometimes you got to make do with what you got, but if you've got sugar and creamer options available to me, 
that is a full bar for me. And I absolutely appreciate that. Speaking of a bar, I've also had accommodations that have had beer or wine. They are available for us at checkout. OKC, two bottles of wine. Dallas, two hard seltzers. Uh, those are the last two that came to mind. Loved it. Barcelona, I mentioned earlier, had a really cute mini bar. You had to pay for it, but the beers were like a dollar a piece. Loved it. That was fun. You just leave that money behind on the table. That was a little sketch to me because what if I forgot? You ain't gonna get your money or you're gonna just like charge my card for like an egregious amount or something. I didn't know, but that didn't happen. So we cool. Um, I love when an Airbnb has wine glasses. Um, ooh, seasoning in the fucking cabinets. Leave me a bottle of hot sauce. Um, make sure there's coffee available to me in the, in the cabinets. Um, bags of chips, not even like, you know, the bags that I got to put my hand in, but like the small little party, you know, the little, um, 25 cent bag of chips. If you so happen to remember when chips were 25 cents a bag, you get where I'm going. The, um, personal size chips is what I'm saying. Like little touches like that. Absolutely. Even at the end of the list, I have, um, fire stick or smart TV, uh, Don't even have me log in. I appreciate when there's one that's already there signed in for me because sometimes, you know, you're in a rush to check out on time and you forget to log out of whatever you logged into on these people's uh, fire stick and you just hope that nobody like buys no wild shit on your account should you forget. Um, Yeah, so for the most part, that's it. As a wrap up, read the fucking reviews write a fucking list and reverse the fuck engineer work backwards, figure out what you want to do while you're in a neighborhood and then, or figure out what you want to do while you're in an area and then choose a neighborhood. This was absolutely supposed to be a short episode. Turns out we're at our normal hour or so, uh, length, but accommodations don't have to bring you stress. But because I can't be the only person that is stressed by choosing an accommodation, hopefully those tips will make your decision-making process a little bit easier. That being said, don't forget, and hopefully this will be the most clutch uh, reminder and uh, I guess red flag, since that's the theme um, on the socials right now, of making this trip the absolute best trip that it can be is remembering that travel you're filling it in here travel is more than vacation if you pick the wrong spot how is it the wrong spot if you're not watching i'm doing the listening ear cup around you know i'm doing the cup around the ear here, it becomes the wrong spot because you don't have a good time. If you do your best to work with what you have, to be present where you are, and to learn from every experience, it doesn't have to be a bad call. It doesn't have to have been a bad decision. Barring anything like really life-threatening or something that puts your safety in question or really like brings your comfort levels, whether that be due to stress, anxiety, depression, whatever, you know, outside of those situations, make the best out of what you can. Vacation absolutely is, should not be solely um, focused or dependent on your location. You are the source. Remember, you are the fucking secret source. You bring the magic. So if you tell yourself you're going to have a bomb ass time, have a bomb ass fucking time, whether or not you have to maybe take not necessarily the most expensive Uber to the area that you really wanted to go to, but maybe split the difference, go someplace that, all right, well, I don't mind spending $20 on an Uber. So where can I go for $20? Let's look at a fucking map or let's Google something that's relatively nearby that I can do. Or you know what? this spot is really not as nice as it looked in the pictures. It's not giving me what it was supposed to give, but you know what? The neighborhood is actually really nice. Or how about, I just don't spend that much time inside. Are my belongings safe? Am I safe when I sleep? As long as my safety is met, 
I can make the best out of anything. I will be the fuck outside because guess what? I didn't either spend my time to get here, nor did I spend my good hard-earned dollars to get and pay for this trip in general to just be bummed that, mm, you know, I should have stayed someplace else. Make the most out of what you can because you are the source that makes your trip beneficial. Check in with yourself. How can you grow in that space? What can you bring back with you that will make the you at home more aligned with the you that you see as your best self? So check in on every trip, not just with your accommodations, but with yourself, folks. All right, so my crab legs are here, fucking hungry, and I really think this was a pretty good episode. You tell me. All right, guys, see y'all next fucking week.